0: You're listening to Driving at Home with Patty Basket on WCPT 820. I'm sure I pushed
1: some button. I'm sure I pushed some button and lost my Driving at Home uh, theme song. I don't have it. I don't see it. I don't. It's gone. I didn't. It's gone. Hi, Tim Hogan. Hi. Let's just jump right into it. Who needs a theme song <laughs> when you're in a studio? Hi. Hey. Uh, we haven't had a chance to catch up on the air since we did this amazing Meryl Forum, yeah, at the Morningstar Auditorium. So, you and uh, and Jay and Matt and the engineering team, Lady B, Tori, so many people, Sentita and Joan, I mean, like a, a, a crew of, it felt like hundreds. Mm-hmm. You had uh, uh, Wranglers for the candidates. Um, you, you guys had supplied food for everyone, which was great food, by the way. I very much enjoyed that. Who did we get our food from, by the way, do you know? It was really good. You don't have to tell me. Uh, it's okay. Um, what? So, it's a secret. So, it's not a secret. It's
2: just escaping me right now. It was
1: a lovely format, and I and and since well, let's talk about the form the uh, the form first.
2: Well, let's pause for a second and say also you were a part of all uh, of the people that you just named. Oh, did thank a Phenomenal you. job. I was happy Incredible to work.
1: stand. Thank you. I was happy to stand up there, and, and uh, I had a my resting bee face in full force because I. Um, but then I was watching. I'm like, I've got to come up with a resting bee face that isn't so like my eyebrow was raised like. The entire well, time, well you're was,
2: inquisitive, you're inquiring like, about yeah. You know. I sound I look suspicious.
1: <laughs> I'm just like, really? Is that your Like every facial expression yeah. looked like that. I need like but I don't want to kinda of lightly smile because then it, it'll look like a smirk. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of that fine line of waiting for an answer. Jones got it down, Sentita, you know, all of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but what an amazing event. Yeah. How do you feel? How do you feel we got we can half out? I, I think it was good.
2: I, I think we did this in a way that watching what I feel like is a forum every single night in the Chicago mayoral debate I I honestly don't know how these candidates are doing it God bless that they are doing them Mm -hmm. uh, but they are they are multiples uh, a day and in a week Um, What I liked about our format, and I was thinking about this, is there are debates that happen. You are a large TV broadcast station. You have a lot of, you know, viewership. You have a lot of control over the format. And they all do it in a really boring way. right? And so the goal, I think, for us was we're going to do this debate, but we want to have the debate actually advance the conversation. Yes. That is the primary goal. Where are we in this mayoral? Uh, race, where's the conversation, and how do we move the ball forward? And the way that you don't do that, which I'm not going to name names, so many forms do is, okay, I'm going to ask one question, Transit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Give your right. answer. Became, the questions that we did were tailored to the candidates. So, what were they saying in the news? What was something that reporters were asking them about that we didn't feel that they were answering, that they needed to be pushed on mm-hmm. in a variety of different ways? And I think that's one part of it. And I think the second part of it is to not have the phenomenon of dueling press conferences during a debate because that is so boring, it gets you no new information, you have to open it up for rebuttal. You have to open it up for a bundle. So if someone mentions your name, you can't say, oh, we're moving on, moving on. What what is the other person's answer to that charge? And that's important. And I actually think, um, in particular, watching Mayor Lightfoot use that uh, format was interesting because, yeah, everyone is taking shots at the mayor, taking shots at each other, too. But uh, she was able to say, oh, I want my 30 seconds over and over and over again. And and I think she took good advantage of it. But that is, is, I think, critical to the part of the conversation is not... Not just leveling attacks, but if you're going to level an attack, all right. What's the pushback on that? Exactly. And what's oh, What's the pushback so smart. on that pushback? Because otherwise, it's not a conver- it's not a conversation.
1: I thought I, I agree with you completely, and I know some people were, you know, when we uh, do lightning rounds. Mm, no, people, I want to talk about that. Oh, okay, no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go no, no, ahead. No. But okay, let me. So the lightning rounds. I mean, you know, folks are like, oh, you know, I saw someone tweet or write, "Oh God," with these questions about who would I. But I think that that's how you get some gems too, yes.
2: right? Yes, it is. The point of those questions is you are probably not going to determine who you're going to vote for on who this candidate would vote for. Mm-hmm. As someone who has prepared on the other side of these debates for years and years, it is the moment when you are the most exposed, right. because they are the most unique questions that are not purely political. It is a moment for you to demonstrate your human capacity. A lot of times, this is why the question, "Say something nice about your opponent," right. is is so you're like, "Oh, it's so silly." Like, what are we learning about this? Well, what we're learning about it is 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 whether or not they're capable of being nice You know what I mean Are you Can you Can you say Anything Acceptable yeah. About someone And you know what There's they, And they do say You know Interesting things About each other So like yes It's not But uh, also You hear the complaint From people I'm like okay Well now I'll go Watch your outlets Debate And you're gonna Ask the nine questions That are super boring Right It also puts people On their toes Because they're Lightning around It's like 15 seconds You gotta answer Move on Move on And it's not You know Talking points That are tailored To the 45 second 75 second answers right. That they know That they have So I will defend to my grave <laughs> lightning rounds if I could do a full lightning round debate well, and I as, would do it.
1: And as someone who's done this, wouldn't you have worked with them ahead of time and said, if, if someone asks you, I mean, it comes mm-hmm. up all the time, who would you vote for? Right. Even in endorsement sessions, yep. I was asked that with the Sun-Times mm-hmm. between the other two candidates. And uh, but not, me and the challenger said, not the incumbent. We chose each other, <laughs> right? Uh, so it, it, it is a chance. I mean, we were just honest. I didn't expect that question. But mm. I, I, knew, I knew in my heart, you're right. You get to see their humanity yep. in full force. I can't remember. Who it was that let the whole fifteen seconds go because they just couldn't think of something nice to say. Was, yeah, I can I don't want to. don't want to uh, single somebody it, out, it, it, but somebody it, it, let the whole thing go.
2: Right, right, I know.
1: And and I also think I know that Joan. I think Joan was going to move on, but Valis had invoked Mayor well, Light directly. Was a,
2: that was such an interesting moment. Yeah, it like it's like there was it was a moment where it was like, yeah, you're not. You don't even need to say something nice. It was like, you know, who, who would you, who would you vote for? Not you. And he his answer was like, well, not Mayor not Light. Yeah, I was like, well, our rules are you just invoke her in a negative way so you just gave her 30 seconds yes. and she beat him up that, and, and that is and that is the point she took advantage of it that, yeah. that is what I'm saying earlier and it's like if you can't it, also to to you know not to uh, throw shade on a candidate here but like if you don't get that that's the format and you just used your 15 seconds to give another person 30 seconds <laughs> to punch you like that's a bad move. Not very strategic.
1: It was, uh, and I know that some of the candidates were um, chagrined about the fact that it was split into two and how that was uh, divided. And I hope that they came away thinking, at least this time I got to tell my story and have my point of view in comparison to what I've seen over the last week. Yeah.
2: I mean, like that is and that is something that we, you know, to like pop the hood a little bit, like debated internally here quite a bit is like, how do we want to do this? And I just at the end of the day, I don't think we believed that having nine people on a stage would allow us to have the conversation that we wanted to have. Um, it would not allow us to go in depth with everybody. Each panel, I think we said, would be about an hour-ish. Each panel ended up being about an hour and 20 minutes. I mean, we couldn't have one panel that was two hours, no, three hours long, right? Like, right. But we wanted to give people that time, and we gave people more time. And I think the reason that everyone showed up Uh, which not everyone has done at every forum, um, is because they realize, A, listeners, if you're out there, you are out there, that you are an incredibly valuable and decisive audience in this mayoral race, that the progressives who listen to the station, the Democrats who listen to the station, the moderates who listen to the station, uh, you're going to have a big impact. And so they knew talking to you directly was extremely important. And I think, too, they recognize the benefit of, I get to talk a little longer. You know yeah. what I mean? I I get to explain myself. Um and and that's a huge benefit in a in a, you know, debate where he, sometimes you get 45 seconds and and you're not going to talk for another 10 to 12 minutes.
1: Yeah, we were, I, I was impressed. I will say this, that Paul Vallis has learned to tighten it up because I, I did the forum a few years ago and man, he would blow through like every time restraint. And I, I I did realize that like uh, Joan talked about how if someone was in the middle of a in the middle of a sentence, she would let them go, but I would, I kind of would clear my throat a little bit to let them know that yeah. they to take a look at the clock to yeah. make sure this was their last <laughs> sentence. I hope it wasn't too much. No, it was yeah. good. I think, I think for the most part, I and mean, that is part
2: of this format, too, is... You have to have moderators who are willing to cut off the candidates because they're going to take advantage. That's that's what it's built for. So I'm like, for, yeah, for, for <laughs> both you, for for Joan, for Santita, um, you all, I think, gave a commanding performance of how to moderate a debate like that, um, which is, you know, something I think people should model.
1: I also so. think having us at to bookend them yeah. Joan, because of her experience at this and her knowledge of all these things and knowing many of the candidates, right, it's just such a great way to lead it having Santita and I at the other end, like, you're not getting away from mm-hmm. us. Yeah, <laughs> like, this, yeah, this energy's is coming from, at you from both ends. Yeah, yeah.
2: exactly. No, yeah. Uh, uh, hugely important. I'm glad we were able to do it.
1: What did you think about, uh, I mean, so we had this where we gave tickets so we, mm-hmm. we were able to sort of manage the audience. So you've seen, since then, I, they had a, one at Steinmetz High School. I saw that. Whew, and there were people Protesters. protesting. Yes.
2: Yeah. I don't, you know, I think maybe it's just we gave away a lot of tickets to our listeners. Mm-hmm. Hello again, listeners. Hello, and, thank you. Uh, I think, you know, we had an audience that was a little rambunctious, was engaging with the debate. It was a back and forth. You know, we were not a stuffy debate. Right. We were talk radio debate. This yes. was like We were like a talk radio debate. And there were, you know... Candidates were making jokes. They were throwing jabs. They were more off script than I've ever seen them. They yes. were looser. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we, uh, and our audience, struck a very good balance of being respectful, but also there was a lot of like uproarious laughter at, yes. at different points. I mean, I remember when um, uh, we asked Mayor Lightford to say something nice about Commissioner Johnson, and he she said, uh, you spin a good tale. Um, you know, and it, he went back and it's forth. It's clear with his that line, you're the son of a son pastor. Son of a yeah. pastor. Yeah. Uh, pastor and everything. And, uh, and then Representative Garcia is like, and I am Jesus, you know. <laughs> That's <laughs> so and, and, yeah. and, and, you know, like, Rumor up. So it's, um, uh, it, it is that type of environment that again, I think just brings out the personality in candidates, which matters. Mm-hmm. It's not scripted. Right. right. I think that's a big deal.
1: When you've worked with candidates for debate prep or forum prep before, mm-hmm. what do you tell, I mean, cause I, I was talking to a friend of mine today. Uh, my friend who passed away, Tom Carmack was a, uh, a political consultant and he ran judicial races and we were planning to do media training for, for candidates. And, uh, you know, even though I talk fast, you know, I do it on the air. When I have to do things, I, I, you know, had different techniques for making sure I remembered to slow down. I would wear a rubber band on my wrist or something just to remind myself. Um, but I, I've seen now a couple forums and there are things I just want to tell people. Like, what do you, you know, I think that there's, it's, there's nothing wrong with having a notepad and writing some notes, even mm-hmm. if it's like mm-hmm. telling, writing, slow down, take a breath, like yeah. write things down to yourself because staring straight ahead at the audience and like being really stiff is
2: yeah. a little. Weird too. Yeah, I think the most <laughs> important thing about the debates is, uh, and I felt this sort of at every level is, you are there to answer questions. But if that's all you do, you've lost. Yeah. You can answer the questions the best of anybody on the stage, uh, but that is not what you're there for. Right? You are there for for something larger. So what I always would tell, for example, Senator Klobuchar is, and we you know prepped incessantly on this is, all right, what if you, you when you walk onto the stage. You you should know. What are three things I need to do here? Yes. What are three things I need that's to great. say? That's yeah. So like, and it depends on the format. Is there an opening? Is there a closing? Do am I, am I like to making some notes for like when that time comes so I can look down and remind myself? Or is there a headline I want to make? I mean, that's the other thing about all of these all of these debates, right? Is at a certain point when you've gotten through the seventeenth one, you know, you get the Chicago Sun Times, Chicago Tribune headlines that's like fiery debate. Uh, you know at fiery debate candidates fight each other and it's like well okay so i'll read this recap i guess there's a couple quotes here and there sure. someone answered a question on transit someone answered a question on you know development or whatever and it's just it's it's routine and so the question that candidates i think the the number one thing i would tell i tell candidates is you know what do you want to get out of this if you're able to write the headline how would you write it and how do you get there right cuz that that matters almost more than what do you the debate see? itself right because the coverage after the debate Is the second game the debate itself? Is the first game you're talking directly to the viewers? But you know, what's that headline look like? What's that debate uh, coverage look like?
1: Uh, Oh, here someone asks, uh, "What's did you structure the? What's one good thing you can say about the Lightfoot administration?" Question, hoping one candidate might say it's ending soon. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> no one I mean no you, one did. Could. you, you mean like if right. you wanted to take that you know approach, you could, but it is again, it's like a question of uh, can you actually say something nice you right. know like is there something there's there is a way, no matter i think how you approach the, even the current administration, to say, you know there's a lot of stuff we don't agree on, but there is one thing that they've done, and it's this, and they've done a right. good job. Find A, something. getting getting twelve thousand guns off the street or you know something like that you can you can say that right. it 's okay it's not it doesn 't end your you know run for mayor to concede that one thing has done been done sure. right, and that 's like the challenge for someone in that moment is to try to find that without just going negative.
1: Yeah, I agree. We're talking to Tim Hogan, the editorial director, the director of our uh, newsroom here at the Heartland Signal. Go to heartlandsignal.com and follow the work that they do on Twitter, Heartland Signal. And we're going to continue our conversation. We'll have a, another wrap-up in just a moment. I maybe we to talk about some uh, national news, see what, you're, what you guys are catching. 773-763-9278 uh, is a n- number to call and join our conversation. Of course, we want to thank our sponsors, Manaqua. Brewing. Visit the Patty Vasquez show page, where you can see right there pinned at the top of the page are all the Chicago Land locations where you can pick up some progressive brew. And someone's got to remind me to tell you a story about being in Racine last night and bringing up Monaco Brewing. Whew dog I ran fast. Uh, I also want to thank our friends at Kids Above All, visit kidsaboveall.org and find out how you can support their mission to help kids reach their potential. And of course, Warren Price from European and US Car Service over there at 4080 North Broadway, make sure you keep his number in your car in case something happens 773-248-1200 or visit europeanus.com. And today we are giving away a Valentine's gift from our friends at Brown Sugar Bakery in Chicago. So Hang, hang on, because we're going to find out how you, get, you can win a $50 gift card for some of the best cakes, cupcakes, and candies in the Chicagoland area with local pickup and delivery. Owner Stephanie Hart and her team are ready to ship right now nationwide. More in a moment on the Heartland Signal.
3: WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts
0: matter. To driving it home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820.
1: We are hanging out in studio with Tim Hogan, the director of the Heartland Signal Newsroom. They catch stories that are falling through the cracks, but the balloon did not fall through a crack. Uh, that balloon, holy crap balls, Tim! <laughs> that uh, what a uh, what a roller coaster! Uh, the indignant GOP conservative saying that he's weak on China and he's not doing anything aggressive enough to take care of this balloon and making us look weak and all these things. Uh, and then and then and and, and like it, it's a perfect example example of let the professionals handle the yeah. job. They jammed the reception or whatever they were doing. They were able to retrieve information and then shot it down and they're still retrieving it. Yeah. Correct?
2: Yeah. I, yeah. No, that's right. I, I was telling you during the break, I did uh, I did Fox News as I am uh, one to do every once in a while over the weekend on this and they brought me in and uh, they was, it was going to be like five minutes to talk about news of the day. It turned into like a 20 minute segment on the balloon. I'm just being like attacked by everybody there someone said that this was worse than the iran hostage crisis see i, I mean like i'm just like what i I I, uh, I I had to pause and be like i just like for a second it's not you know there are no hostages in this situation it is just it is mind-blowing A decision was, we now know, right, a decision was made. President Biden said at the earliest point that we can do this, where it's safe, shoot it down, and then guess what? We deferred to our military professionals to make that decision, which was the point I was making on Fox. They made the determination early on that this was not a military threat, that it was not a threat to our civilian aircraft, that it was not doing enhanced uh, surveillance to the degree that we couldn't protect ourselves. And so they didn't shoot it down like Don Jr. suggested, uh, because they didn't want to spread debris all over the place and maybe kill a bunch of civilians. But Jesse Waters on Fox News was like, well, maybe that should happen because if your house gets crushed by the balloon, you'll be famous. You can make a bunch of money. You had James Comer, Congressman Comer, the head of the House Oversight Committee saying, well, we should shoot it down because we don't know. There might be bioweapons in it. That's the point. You don't know. And if there are bioweapons, why would you shoot it down? So I just I I, I, I have lost my mind on this story (sighs) over the week because it is (laughs) on Fox. They literally were like, but people can turn to the sky and see it. And don't you Think that people are going to be focused on this. What does this say? What are the political faults? Here's what I will say the number of people rounded to a whole number. Who will make their decision in November of 2024 whether or not to vote for President Biden based on the Chinese balloon? Expressed as that whole number is zero. Okay, <laughs> there are no. You are either one way or the other, and maybe the balloon made you angry or not. But there is not a single swing voter out there that's like, I was pro Biden and you know uh, gun control legislation and uh, you know infrastructure and everything, but then I saw the balloon and I thought, yeah. I, I hate this guy. Yeah, you know, he's, like, he's an amateur. It's just and, and and just to put a bow on it. Everyone wants to say, who's on the Republican side, this is embarrassing for the Biden administration. It's so embarrassing. I can't believe this is happening. It's so embarrassing. It's not embarrassing for us. It's right. embarrassing for China. Yeah. Because the rule of surveillance is that you don't get caught. Don't get caught. And they got caught. And so it's actually... You know, probably good for us that Secretary Blinken canceled his meeting and now the next meeting he goes into, he has a bunch of leverage over China to be like, hey, I remember when you guys flew that spy balloon over our country? That's not a great way for them to, they're on their heels in the opening of that meeting. There are a bunch of foreign policy experts who are making the point. So it is just a, it is and it's also the same day we had like great jobs numbers come out, good wage thing, numbers, right? record startups for small businesses, record signups for the ACA and it's like actually we've we care about is the balloon.
1: And the other thing Now what are we hearing about Because obviously right away As soon as people said Well there it was, In fact three times There were balloons That were flying yes. over U.S. airspace under Trump And first it was That's been debunked That never happened You guys It's a propaganda machine You're lying And then it was I think it was uh, Rubio said Well it didn't go as far inland yeah. It didn't pose as, I mean so it, it wasn't Florida My understanding is around Florida Near Florida So I mean His Mar-a-Lago maybe right, I mean like Right
2: what? I don't know it's And, and it's so just weird. like It's just It's it is it is performance. It's you know rage yes. theater for the right people yeah. with their
1: guns on their front porch. JD Vance with yeah. his feet up in front of his logs, like <laughs> with a big military stupid. style weapon. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, do you? Guys, I mean, this is what. And I put so I'm on this thing called a, it's a center clip, and I'm left of center. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I come from the left, at farther left, and I did a we do these little little mini pods, like anywhere from thirty seconds to five minutes. And I'm like, you know how many times people tell me I cannot have a conversation about ending gun violence mm. because I don't use the right combination of letters and numbers or yeah. the right phrasing for a assu- Like, there's no such thing as an assault rifle. And yeah. here are people thinking they can shoot down a balloon that's 11 miles in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> what the... What is
2: happening? Yeah. What?
1: It, yeah. it, so it's
2: it's just, it's there's no, it's just, it's it's silly. It's just absolutely silly is what it
1: is. And then you're right. It distracted from the good news that we all mm-hmm. got on Friday. Job numbers, wages, uh, the high numbers of uh, ACA enrollment. Yeah, that's all crazy. Okay, so let me one, take one call for you. Yeah, sure. Because uh, we've got uh, John wants to talk about the mayoral forum. Oh, hey, fun. John, what's on your mind?
4: Hey, Patty. Uh, I don't know if you recall, but prior to the uh, forum, uh, I called you and asked if you'd ask Paul Vallis if he would if he was in favor of allowing first responders to live outside the city.
1: Yeah, we didn't get a chance to get to that. Yeah,
4: I, and I understand that. I understand that. But I just want to make a point about that. You know, I live in what we call the region, okay, in northwest Indiana. The region is basically northern Lake County. Hammond, the cities are Hammond, Whiting, East Chicago, and Gary, and I'll tell you, in many instances, I work in the steel mills. Actually, I work in Chicago right now for a for a company, but I've worked in the steel mills for many years. I'm 60, so I've been around the block. And I can't tell you how many times I come up against one of my suburban coworkers that says, "Oh, wh- wh- where do you live?" And I'd say, "Well, I live in Hammond." And the condescension, the you know, the <laughs> down like, "Well, that's where all the low lives live." Oh. Know? And wow. And yeah. And the thing I'm getting at is, this is this what Vallis is pushing for? That he wants, you know, his um, first responders to live outside the city because they got to come in with their good salaries and you know uh, police the low lifes because that's what's going down in Northwest Indiana. Huh. I'm telling you that for yeah. Cause in a fact.
2: Yeah, because I think it's his public safety plan, right? He's the only one who's who's proposed in some degree. I think maybe in training or for some period, waiving the residency requirement. That's what you're talking about
4: yes yeah yes exactly and and, as I said, uh the notion of community policing is if you live in the community yeah yeah i mean you 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 have a stake in the community, and if you're going to live out in freaking Naperville and then uh you're going to be a police officer for the south side of chicago what what is that all about
2: right john so, do I you mean, the guy is this. do so, you do you have a am uh, i i'm I'm curious, do you have a candidate that you're you're looking at right now that you like i I'm assuming it's not Paul Ballas based on this conversation
4: definitely not paul Vallis. i i do like um several of the candidates i, I think miss king is very articulate and uh i like willie wilson only because you know what maybe you don't need an articulate person but somebody that's just going to be respected and get the job done you know uh the the, the former uh, mayor daly uh rich daly he wasn't very articulate but I think he ran a fairly tight ship. And, I uh so,
1: I, you know I've got I've got to let Tim go but I will say I am okay. so glad that you mentioned uh Alderwoman King because I think again another person who was given the opportunity to shine in that second panel. Thanks so much for calling uh John if I get a chance Thank to you. talk to uh to Mr. Vallis about that I will uh pass on that question. I promise. Thanks, Barry. Thanks Barry. absolutely. Yeah, I wrote that on a post-it and everything. Thanks so much, delighted. Thank you. Uh, I, we've got to we've got to run because uh, Tim. I promised him I would keep him for half an hour and then and then let him go. Uh, if you want to come and join us tomorrow, I know that you have you're busy, yeah. but my friend Dwayne Kennedy awesome. is in studio, and I'm if really I'm not excited.
2: Here, I will be listening.
1: He's so great. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm like giddy and excited that uh, it's weird that. Uh, let me just tell you this before you go. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of uh, Bobcat Goldthwaites. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. So I I worked with him. I was the a comic right up before him, and oh. a showcase for uh, my friend Rick Geezer who's running for mayor of Carroll Stream, wow. and uh, and he came in and he and I was taking a picture of the lineup to be like I'm opening for Bobcat Goldway and he came. I'm like, this is way weird that I'm doing this, but and you just walked in, and I tried so hard to be normal, Tim. <laughs> um, I really did, and uh, I, I, it was not successful. But I'll tell more stories about that. But anyway, Dwayne was on the. Show. I had to follow like Pat McGann and Dwayne oh, Kennedy, wow. and uh, and I was really the audience was so good. Yeah, I felt at home. And I, I had a really strong set. I don't, I don't know if you know this line in comedy; it's also in show business. Someone told me last night it's Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, but w- that he, like, when he set that p- piano on fire and kicked the stool back, he said to Little Richard, uh, "Follow that mf'er." And, <laughs> and so Bob was. And I, I hope that Bobcat knows that because I feel like every comic knows that. So Bobcat was walking up, he goes, "Good set." I go, "Follow that." <laughs> yeah. And I told my husband, he's like, "Why?" Yeah. I'm like, he's like,
2: "If you don't get the reference." <laughs>
1: Bob Kitter, you're listening. It was amazing to work with you. <laughs> And everybody that was at the show. Anyway, thank you so much, yeah, Tim. And hopefully, I'll, if I don't see you tomorrow, I look forward to catching up with you next week. Yes. Have a lovely evening. It's it's, yeah. it, it's uh, pretty good out there. It's balmy for Chicago. Oh, good. Yes, it's not bad. Have a good one. And again, everyone follow Heartland Signal on Twitter and uh, catch up with all the great work that they are doing. And we'll we'll talk more with Tim about the, what's going on across the country next time he's here. More in a moment on WCPTA twenty. Dr. Jason Bussell joins Bussell. Gosh, I know how to say his name, Tim. Dr. Jason Bussell joins us in studio in just a moment. Jonas Posito, live local and progressive on WCPT Willow Springs, is powered by ComEd. See how ComEd is preparing for a clean energy future at comed.com/slash clean energy.
3: This is WCPT eight twenty, where facts matter.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT eight twenty.
1: Every month, we like to check in with Dr. Jason Bassell, acupuncturist, Chicago community acupuncture over there by Milwaukee and Devon and Nagel, all right by the Superdog. I, mm-hmm. I just found out that my son is, uh, Superdog follows my son on Twitter, which I was like, hmm, good for them. I don't know why, but uh, all right. Uh, how you doing, Doc? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Patty? I'm very well. Thank you for bringing in this, uh, this, uh, this uh, uh, sweet package uh, from a listener and uh, Facebook friend, Mary, who um, had messaged me and asked me about you. Uni- in, uh, TMJ. Mm-hmm. And TMJ uh, And so thank you I'm, I'm glad that it's working out
5: Yes, you're welcome She gave it to me a while ago I'm sorry it took me this no. long To get it to you But no yeah, sweat. she's a sweet woman it's very nice for her.
1: And I, because I, I, you and I have talked, mine's beyond the point of, because uh, um, it's out of the hinge. I have to go see somebody. It's like, it's not in the right place. Mm-hmm. It's not just muscular at this point or stress or all the things in, involved. Uh, so, I'm, But it can help. You can help with uh, with folks. And, it, and I think that when you feel something amiss, it's best if you have ever want to try acupuncture. Uh, and I encourage you, even if you haven't, consider it as a, a part of your routine. Uh, it's good to get ahead of something isn't it, before it's popping out of place, right? Oh,
5: absolutely. We want to, it, It's written in Chinese medicine that the superior physician doesn't treat sick patients because the patients of the superior physician don't get sick. There's also a famous story about the, the physician to the emperor many years ago. And people came to him and said, wow, you're the physician to the emperor. You must be the, 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 the best physician in the world. And he said, no, no, I've got two brothers at home. One brother can... detect uh, Detect disease at the first sign of it So his name doesn't get outside of the house Another brother of mine can detect it At the first little symptom And so his name doesn't get out of the village. But me, I don't really pick it up until it's big and full-blown, so I have to do extraordinary things. And so my name gets around around the country, but clearly I'm the least of the three of us. Wow. So if we can get things early, it's so much easier. An analogy that I like to use with describing acupuncture to my patients when they say, how many treatments will this take and do I need to keep coming forever? I say, it's like putting out a fire. Now, if you've ever been camping and you, put out, you have to put out the campfire, you kick it once. It's not out, but it's down. It's throwing off less heat, causing less damage. And you kick it again. It's down further. Kick it again. It's down further. And then once it's down, once it's out, you should be able to walk away and not worry about it reigniting. That is, provided that you're not living in a way that is reigniting it. Right. So that's why we want to look at the diet, lifestyle, and attitude mm-hmm. factors and make those adjustments so it doesn't keep coming back. But if you want to put out a fire and you've just got a lit and match, that's really easy. If you wait until the whole house is on fire, it's going to take a lot longer and it's going to cause a lot more damage. So in keeping with your question here, you definitely want to get it before it gets bad. Now, that doesn't mean that if the house is already on fire, you don't still call the fire department. Right. Right. So we can still help. It's just going to be more difficult. You will have more pain in the process, not Mm -hmm. with the acupuncture, but you will have had to endure more pain for longer before starting treatment. And then it'll take longer to remedy But it's clearly best to do things at the first sign of it or even before. Some patients will come in periodically for acupuncture just preventively because it boosts the immune system. It helps get things flowing the way they should, so we can stave off things before they even manifest.
1: Right, that's and it's smart. And I know that you also have a book that talks about nutrition and uh, and how you can support a healthy lifestyle. By the way, I am drinking green tea, green tea, mm-hmm. and it's loose green. And they're, they're pretty big. Uh, I got it from this herbal shop on Milwaukee Avenue, right, uh, just a block away. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a, a red tin. I know that you said that. The, Type you like is from China. Mm-hmm. That's not that easy to get. Is that, was that correct?
5: As far as I know, my offices are the only places in the city that you can get it.
1: Mm-hmm. And next time,
5: I will bring you a tin. What's it, it called? Is, it is called Fujoi Jasmine Silver Pearls. It is the Ooh. best jasmine green tea in the world.
1: Okay, jasmine green tea. I don't know the rest of what you said, mm-hmm. but I, I believe you. Uh, so I've been trying. I've been trying to have green tea. I have. I think I'm on day eight of of routinely having it. Like I would have it once in a while, but I'm having a, a cup of green tea every single day. Uh, not having any more hard liquors mm-hmm. um, because I rely on that sometimes for stress and anxiety. So I'm, you know, a glass of wine here and there, things like that. Um, Everything's sugar, fine
5: in moderation. Yes,
1: and uh, sugars, I'm eliminating as much of that. Like I'll have a little bit of ricotta cheese with uh, some, ch- a couple of chocolate chips and blueberries and walnuts for dessert at night. So I'm, I'm working on it because mm-hmm. I've seen some pictures of myself and <laughs> like, whoa, that was a long pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. Thank you. It's, yeah. it's baby
5: steps. We yes. We didn't get out of shape overnight. We're not going to get back overnight. So we don't want to do anything drastic because right. that doesn't last. Mm-hmm. Small changes over time have the biggest effect. Yes,
1: I, I agree with that. I'm also trying to do more protein. Uh, I know that you talk a lot about you know the the Chinese diet and what what are some of the foundations of the Chinese diet? That I mean, we think about you know fish and rice and and uh, vegetables, right? Yes, yeah. The
5: Okinawan diet is a Japanese diet. Uh, well, the Okinawan <laughs> diet. They have the greatest longevity of any population in the world. And they have a lot of cooked vegetables, a lot of pickled vegetables, and a lot of fish. Okay. But the Asian diet, which is the title of my book, The Asian Diet, Simple Secrets for Eating Right, Losing Weight, and Being Well, available at Amazon and all local retailers. Ding. Um,
1: I need a bell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I had one.
5: Okay. Uh, but that is, the main principles are mostly vegetables, mostly cooked, a wide variety of them, simple grains... Um, Whole grains are better except for white rice. White rice is better than brown. A little bit of meat, all different types. Red meat is not worse than white meat. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as much as possible, we want it to be organic, both the vegetables and the meat. But if it has to be one or the others, the meat is more important to be organic. Uh, Avoiding artificial, avoiding dairy, and avoiding... uh, That's it, actually. So the, and balance and moderation; those are the overarching principles of it. Everything is fine in moderation. As we talked about your ricotta cheese, mm-hmm. anything out of moderation can get us into trouble.
1: Yes, uh, standing in my pantry just eating potato chips out of the bag at eleven thirty at night was not uh, <laughs> the best <laughs> habit. To uh, I don't know what would happen. I would be like trying to go to sleep. I'd start getting anxious, and I just wanted salt. Um, so that's what I would do sometimes. And so I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to uh, get back in balance, and I and I know that right. And walking more, uh, things like that. And hopefully, I'll start working out more. Uh, I, uh, I I know. So, are you uh, when do you how do you chart your training for doing iron the Ironman uh, co- competitions that you participate in?
5: Well, I don't really follow a formalized program. Mm-hmm. I probably should. I, last time, I decided a month before that I was probably in good enough shape to pull this off, and. I I did finish it and didn't do as well as I would have liked, but uh, usually they recommend a six-month training program. And I really shouldn't extol this too much because there's nothing balanced or moderate about an Ironman. I am personally proud that I was able to do it, and I'm going to do it again, but I can't recommend this for people. I don't even recommend a single marathon for people because it's too much... Too
1: much of one thing, yeah. I, I, running all the time. I don't get it. I don't get the and the the cost that it com- seems mm-hmm. to come at too. Go ahead.
5: Yes, and the Iron Man is even much more expensive.
1: No, not only <laughs> oh. the, I mean, no. I have like friends that tell me stories about chafing and how they have to go to the bathroom and like toenails and like all kinds of things that I'm like, wow, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah,
5: and that's a, generally a four to six hour event, but the Iron Man is generally a twelve to sixteen hour event.
1: I did not know that. Yeah. What is wrong with you?
5: <laughs> Lots. Yeah, we, we don't have time for all of that. So I don't recommend that people do it. But I am, I am proud that, that I have. Be. But getting back to what you were talking about, standing in your pantry at 1130 at night, I wanted to share with our listeners a, a tip that I have that I give a lot of my patients for the late night snackers or just the, the evening snackers after dinner. Mm-hmm. Something you should do if you're listening here and you want to stop that snacking after dinner when you think, okay, I've had enough to eat, I mm-hmm. should be done. Go brush your teeth.
1: Yeah, it's a good idea.
5: It works on two levels. Mm-hmm. One, it we psychologically associate brushing our teeth with decommissioning our mouth for the night. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of the closing ceremony for the mouth for the night. Secondly, nothing will taste good once right. you have that paste film in your mouth.
1: I, do you know people that brush their teeth when they first get up in the morning and then have breakfast there are people out there that do this doc I just want you to know I don't know how or why but mm-hmm. they do but also uh, now that you say it's the uh, closing ceremonies not to play music when I brush my teeth I'll play the the Olympic closing ceremonies music <laughs> <laughs> like some swooping music as they <laughs> <laughs> as they take the torch and move it on to the next Olympic uh, but yes I uh, I agree that's a good idea I will I will I will strive to do that as well and I'm trying to just make some changes by the way I want to add to my list of uh, the beverages that I'm having? Uh, I had I had got a bottle of uh, sake last week, which was phenomenal. Sake atumi. Are <laughs> you, do you? Do you uh, partake in sake once in a while? I have quit drinking. Oh, that's right. I forgot you I, told I me that. I cut yes. it out
5: completely about 15 months ago. Mm-hmm. But like I say, for most people, everything is fine in moderation.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: There's growing evidence base that even a little bit of alcohol does increase your cancer risk. Mm-hmm. I I also think that there is a point to having pleasure in life. So if it's something that you can enjoy moderately, um, I I would greenlight it. Right. Even though the American Cancer Society
1: might not. Well, and I'm one of those people that whenever they have those stories on people who've lived to be 103 years old, I'm like, please tell me it was by eating hot dogs and drinking vodka every day. And it never is. It's never, it's never that. But some people, some people do. Uh, some people live the health, their healthiest lives. I remember. So my dad, uh, f- f- to be fair, he passed away at sixty-eight from uh, l- uh, small cell lung cancer and uh, and a various things uh, secondary to that. But uh, his best friend, my dad, smoked four packs of non-filtered camels a day. Since he was about twelve years, well, he started smoking when he was twelve. You know, and you start having diminishing returns. Obviously, you know, your brain seeks it out more. Mm-hmm. At some point, your lungs actually feel better with the cigarette smoke than just breathing normally. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it was a, it was a horrible addiction. But when he was about f- his best friend uh, Desi O'Neill was a firefighter and a big guy in good shape playing racquetball. My dad didn't like go out like he would go fishing. You know, things like that. And Desi would always give my dad a hard time about how hard he drank. And how much he smoked, and uh, and Desi had a heart attack at forty five? And my dad gave him a hard time mm-hmm. <laughs> for years. Of, hey, Mr. Big Guy, with your health, uh, your health kick over there. So it's a, sometimes it just depends, right? Oh
5: yeah, absolutely. Right. You just playing Genetics, the percentages. Yeah, yeah. You you're. you're uh Anything can happen to anyone. A lot of people that never smoked get lung cancer. A lot of people that smoked their whole life don't get lung cancer. Mm-hmm. But you if you're playing the percentages, you want to do all you can to minimize your risk. While still enjoying your life.
1: Yeah. I mean look, my dad uh he just he didn't seem to have a regret about smoking you know what he said when he when they diagnosed him, he said, uh, you know what I wish? I wish I had roller skated more when I was younger. Like that was his wish. Like that Mm -hmm. he just he was a uh, he was in roller derbies uh, as a kid and he came in third in the state of Illinois and stuff like that. So yeah, (laughs) I mean it just depends. Um, Some people you know have regret about how they've treated themselves and so to avoid that, be I think it's mindfulness too, don't you think? As we being in the pantry is mindless eating Mm -hmm. at eleven thirty at night. I'm like I'm just going to do this now, right? and, And unless you you know take a step back and go, what is drawing me to this or how how can i prevent it like brushing my teeth that's all mindfulness isn't it yeah
5: and also being aware that what you are putting in your body is going to turn into your body mm-hmm. do you want to be a pile of potato chips no, with with processed no, oil don't. and 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 excess sodium, or do you want to be a beautiful palace made up of vegetables and fruits and mm-hmm. whole grains? And-
1: I I think about that because you said that that you what you eat are the building blocks of who you are. So mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that. I've taken that to heart over the last few weeks. Uh, do you ever go to um, you must go to Amitable on uh, you're not far away from the Korean vegan restaurant right here on Milwaukee Avenue. I was there last month. Yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. Isn't I'm, amazing. I'm, I'm generally
5: not that enthusiastic about veganism. Uh huh. But they do a great job there.
1: A meal once in a while Mm. that's vegan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, that's another, well, that's a story, a a conversation for another time as far as like the health aspects of it and the spiritual. For a lot of people, they want to move away from it. And I've been struggling with it because um, I don't know. I just, okay, let me tell you a quick story. I was, when Griffin was little, and I have to ask you how you dealt with it. I maybe had took a little liberty with the truth in telling Griffin where our hamburgers come from mm-hmm. and our steaks. And uh, we were on the playground and Griffin came running up. It was five. And he goes, mommy, mommy, tell Henry that that's not true. His parents, Henry's parents had uh, had him watch a documentary on how cows were slaughtered at the age of five right That's indoctrination yes right <laughs> <laughs> and like how they shot them and like put them down a shoot and all this stuff and and Griffin was like mommy tell them how it really happens the problem was my version wasn't better uh it was that the you know the uh, rancher would go around and when cows expired when they'd come to the end of their lives and tipped over the, the cow the rancher would go and retrieve them so not a great story <laughs> but i didn't how did how do you did you did you have a balance with like how did you teach your kids like this is a part of our lives, and and because uh, you know, when you, one minute you're doing, you know, the bok bok bok, and the next thing you're like, yeah, and enjoy your chicken for dinner. Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> yes, we do really take comfort in our removal from our food source that we don't have to see the carcasses, we don't have to see them as as full bodies, we don't have to see the heads on.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: But this is a, a topic that comes up with a lot of my patients, especially the vegetarian patients who have got the ethical reasons for, yes. for wanting to avoid meat. And what I will tell them is that carrots have feelings too I I think the carrot has got a life life spirit and it's trying to stay alive and it would much rather stay on the ground and live to a ripe old age rather than being pulled out and diced into your salad so it's not possible to do no harm and eat something has to die for us to eat,
1: I will. I will go with that. Something has to die for us to eat. Mm. I don't know about the carrot wants to live to, but I will. I'll go with you on this journey. Yeah, <laughs>
5: it, it will grow. It will do what it can to try right. and stay alive. It will right. avoid danger to survive. Yeah, and they're they're doing some experiments here. They're showing it does release stress hormones when it's stressed, when it's being attacked, when it's being cut. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All plants do.
1: They scream like not like the lobster. Not that we like, can hear. <laughs> <laughs> not the lobster are... Are screaming. That's actually their shell and the pressure in their
5: butt. yes. So. Um, there yes. was a. This is I, sur-
1: I did not know this,
5: and I heard this story about missionaries that had gone to Tibet, and they were trying to convert the the monks there, saying that you shouldn't eat the uh, you shouldn't eat the yaks, you should eat the fish, which that was the 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 food of Jesus. And they said, well, why should we kill forty souls to feed us for a meal when we could kill a yak and just have one soul? Mm-hmm. And so this kind of diminishing. Wow. Impact here, and of course, you'd be thankful for everything that you have to sacrifice. You should be thankful for that life of that cow, or that chicken, or that carrot.
1: Well, yes, I mm-hmm. see. These are all things I can I can sort of put them all together. We're hanging out with Dr. Jason Bassell, the uh, amazing a- acupuncturist, and his uh, team over at Chicago Community Acupuncture, mm-hmm. uh, right at the corner of Milwaukee and Devon. You can see them right in that little with the, where the subway is and the Dunkin' Donuts. There's a UPS store, and then there's a Chicago acupuncture community. Chicago Community Acupuncture right mm-hmm. there. The, across from the Walgreens. Let's take a break here and uh, and find out what else the doc wants to talk about on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. We'll be back in a moment because we're driving it home till 7.
3: You're listening to WCPT 820 because facts matter.
0: You're listening to Driving at Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820.
1: We are in studio with Dr. Jason Bissell, Chicago Community Acupuncture, and uh, we, we we're talking a little bit about how I've uh, I'm trying to improve. Um, my lifestyle and make and be mindful. That's what I'm trying to do. If I eat something, am I just doing it for the sake of anxiety or whatever else? And, and it, I didn't necessarily make New Year's resolutions, but I, it kind of I'm hoping to sustain this. So we were talking about New Year's resolutions, obviously, last time. First of all, you got we fulfilled one of your resolutions from uh, 2022, which was to do an open mic, albeit a virtual one. But I was glad that we could at least check that box a little bit.
5: Yes, and that's another reason why I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to thank you for having me on and helping me fulfill that resolution that I got to do a, a, a one-minute routine yes. of stand-up comedy, sitting down virtually online. But it was still great, and it was I was really glad to be able to check that box and yes. to get the confidence that now, sometime this year, I'd like to go and do one live. Excellent. And maybe more than one, but probably wouldn't be that excited about it if it hadn't been for your... Mm. Facilitating. So you thank did re-
1: you. First of all, you did really well. Secondly, we've changed the way we do that. We don't, like, we let you finish that last joke. Like, there's a way to give a comic a light. I just thought it was funny that Steve Goody mm-hmm. was like, eh, you're done. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. Wait, what? what? <laughs> so we don't, we're, we're not that uh, brutal about it. Because if you went to an open mic, um, I, actually, I, I, don't, I don't go to open mics that often. They make me a little bit anxious. Be- not be- why you would think. Uh, not because comics are bad or whatever. It's actually on me because I struggle sometimes with writing new material and... I remember comics would tease me for I like I kind of need the circumstances to be right. Once I got to a certain point in my career, uh, my friend Annabelle Val just said this last week to me about going to bar comedy cl- clubs and shows and things like that. She said, "I am so tired of trying to convince people that I'm funny," <laughs> and we've just gotten to a point in our career where like it just hurts. But um, but I do I, I have been watching a lot. I've been going to check out more young comics or newer comics. I shouldn't say young because comedy is not age centric. I, you know, sure TikTok is popular, but comedy has no age to it. Mm-hmm. It, do, it simply does not. Uh, it's just. I mean, neither does music, right? And I saw that you do that too. You were at. Uh, where were you? Com- Uncommon ground. Yeah, common ground. You didn't yeah, open, like, there as well. It sounded great. Oh, thank you. Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so, my pleasure. And we do have that comedy show tonight, by the way, folks. At uh, at nine o'clock central, we have the Chicago- we have the uh, virtual comedy show. Go to virtualcomedyshow.com. show.com. and. What did you? Th- it's kind of a fun little community, isn't it? It was, yes. I was very glad to, to find out about it. I had no idea. Yeah.
5: I'm glad you're promoting it here. Everybody check it out in a couple hours. It's very cool. So what were your New re- New Year's resolutions
1: for 23?
5: My New Year's resolution was to do a stand-up, yes. a, a, an in-person one. Okay, great. Now, and mm. uh, to beat my time at the Iron Man. Excellent. I want to do that again. And uh, a couple of continuing education things for oh. my acupuncture, because I specialize in cancer, and there's some some topics that I want to get deeper into. Okay. So that's boring stuff here. That's all right. But, no, that's great. But uh, talking about the New Year's resolution here, I, I wanted to point out that when I go to the gym, January is always a little bit cra- more crowded, and these <laughs> folks are dropping off now. Sure. And it's a very common thing. People are very enthused the first, second week of January, and then they lose their enthusiasm, and they give up. You don't just have to do this in January. If you fall off the boat in January, you can get back on the boat in February. There's no time like the present. You don't have to wait until next year. So I'd like to encourage everybody, if there's something you want to do to improve yourself, to improve your life, do it today. Yes. If it doesn't work out today, there's always tomorrow. But don't just keep putting it off because time mm-hmm. is passing.
1: Well, and you always see these things where someone says they lost a certain amount of weight. And, and there's a, a friend of mine, uh, I can't remember which friend, but uh, I saw them post on Facebook that they same thing I'm kind of trying to do, which is eliminating alcohol, limiting alcohol, limiting sugar, walking more, and they're like, I've lost uh, you know 20 pounds in six weeks. And everyone is different, by the way. But to see somebody who has uh, struggled with their weight, feeling good about themselves is also great. Find whatever way it is that makes you feel accountable. Not accountable because it sounds so severe, but makes you feel like you're making that progress, whatever that is. But you know, put trying on your old jeans, see where you are. Uh, I'm still feeling resistance on my size eights. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's where I am, but that's where that's my goal is back to my size eight jeans,
5: whatever that is. Yeah, and yeah. It, it may take a while, yeah. but steady progress. You mean, Like we were talking about during the break, we don't get out of shape overnight, we're not going to mm. get back overnight, and people right. have got these unrealistic expectations. Ten years of bad eating, I'm going to undo that in a month of detox. Mm-mm. It's not going to happen, and even if you do drop all the weight, it's not going to stay off. Right. That's not the way to do it. Slow and steady wins the race.
1: Well, and I did, and I know that these fad diets are not great, and, and I so I did the South Beach diet when I decided to lose all the baby weight from the boys, and, and it worked. I lost about 38 pounds Back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, uh, the thing was that my cholesterol went through the ceiling. The thing it did do, and I that it taught me that I'm capable of being aware of what I'm eating, being you know thoughtful about how I plan my meals, and I just need to come back to that, and, and just in a more healthy way.
5: Yes, and that's what I love about this, the Asian diet is that it's sustainable. It's mm-hmm. not radical. It's balanced and moderate, and balanced and moderation are the keys to health. Not too much of any one thing. And uh, that's that's how you can keep it going. These, these fad diets, detox diets, liquid diets, they're neither balanced nor moderate.
1: No, I agree. It is always a pleasure to have you in the studio. I look forward to our next conversation next month. It's mm-hmm. a short month, so I, what is that's going to be February 27th will be our next. You're probably wondering how I know that. It's because I have my last Sunday of the month comedy shows at the mm-hmm. Laugh Factory. You're always welcome as my guest, by the way, Doc, if you want to come out for a night with a date night or whatever. Oh, thank 7 you. o'clock on the last Sundays, so we'd love to have you. All right. Thanks a lot. Pay. Absolutely. Uh, have a great rest of your uh, rest of your evening, and uh, we'll talk again soon. More after this. Scott Stantis will join us. Lady B, should I, I don't know if I sent anything for Clean Feed, but uh, he'll be joining us as well. And like uh, the conversation continues on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal. This is Patty Vasquez, and I'm honored to be the keynote speaker at the legendary Truman Dinner, hosted by the Kane County Dems. The dinner is Sunday, February 26th, at a brand-new, larger venue this year, the Q Center at 1405 North 5th Avenue.
3: Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts
0: matter. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820.
1: Love you guys could only see Scott Stantis on our Zoom call as he uh, is just rocking it out to uh, the music from Dan Levy that uh, was our bumper music. Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune, the Dallas Morning uh, News, as well as uh, one of the content providers, uh, the content makers on Center Clip, which I just joined finally uh, with Scott and Ted Rawls' encouragement. And I made my little introduction uh, to that and um, made my first uh, little audio clip. Uh, before we get to that, though, Scott, I just I need I want to make sure that we give away our gift card. We have a fifty dollar gift card to Brown Sugar Bakery just in time for Valentine's. It's so good; they've got great candy and cupcakes and cakes. Uh, and a, it's a woman owned, woman of color owned business. Uh, we love her support, and we love supporting her as well. Everybody that works at Brown Sugar Bakery. So text sweetheart to 773-763-9278 for your chance to win a gift card from brown sugar bakery again that's 773-763-9278 you can text throughout the show and if you happen to not remember or you're not by the phone or whatever you need to do 773-763-9278 is the number to text and we want to thank our friends at camp kubagani for for sponsoring our text screen go to multiculturalcamp.com. scott hi Hey, how's it going? It's going very well. Thank you for joining us this Monday. Hopefully, I know you've been traveling, and then I was off last week, so we'll get back into our rhythm of Mondays. And thank you for joining us uh, briefly on on Friday as well, and uh, jumping on That's with great. with whiskey and cookie. Thank you. You are just just fun to talk to, Scott. Uh, Aww, you really are thank you. absolutely, and uh, and I think that you and Ted uh, do have the best uh, clips on on. Uh, on Center Clip, so I'm trying, I'm <laughs> aspiring to uh, catch up. Uh, so tell folks a little bit about Center Clip and, uh, and how that works and how they can listen to those pod, mini pods.
6: It's, it's a startup. It's a startup. It is an app you can download for free, and they are effectively uh, mini podcasts that are 30 seconds to five minutes, and a lot of us jump on when something, a you know, breaking news story will happen. Yeah, or not uh, my my post over the weekend which I'm really proud of was about can Can America stop losing its mind even over a balloon just just for a few <laughs> seconds just you know, it's, you know it was um, and so Patty's joined us I know you're going to be great um but it, it, it's really it, it's, it's it's a cool it's a cool thing and, they, and they're do, working really hard at making sure that there's a, a balance of conservatives and liberals. When if Patty jumps on and says something that I disagree with, I can jump on. I can actually address what she said, uh, and, and vice versa. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, 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 it's gonna. we're going to see. We're going to see. It's um, It's still very much in the early stages. The the, uh, the, guys who run it seem to be roughly 12 and 11 years old, yeah. respectively.
1: And they, and they <laughs> message me every day, and they're like, come on, Pat. They're like, come on, jump in, jump in. And I'm like, because there was one, there were a few last week, once I did my introduction uh, clip, I wanted, to, you know, people were talking about, it's about time they threw, uh, you know, um, uh, who did they throw off the uh, committee? Omar right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. And and I wanted to, like it was it's such a disingenuous, hypocritical thing to call, say that what she and, and by the way, okay, see, and I should just attack. I should just responded. But I was just like, ah. Yes. sometimes I was like, this is just so stupid. And I'm afraid that that's what I'll say in my <laughs> response. I'm like, are you kidding? And I don't want to swear. I have to wait till like, I simmer down. And then by then, you know, I'm ready for bed and I haven't had a chance to respond. So I got to get into the rhythm of it. I don't want to name. By Paul. the way, swear,
6: swearing—they don't care, but they—they—they they, they encourage you not to. But angry, yeah. I mean, that's I know was, just so uh, angry. It was just dumb. I mean, I'm just tired. I'm so tired of dumb. We had we had a guest. We had that's a guest our segment. Stay with us. That's our segment. Tired of dumb. I love it. I'll make a T-shirt. I'm, I'm so tired of dumb. Yes. Uh, we we had a friend of ours, um, of mine. Um, I'll, I'll bullet point it. He, his name is Mark Kimball. Mark is one of the great people in my life. He was the editorial page editor of the Tucson Citizen. And he kind of kept my career going when things were looking really, really, really dark that I would never cartoon for a paper again. But he, 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 st- the paper shut down. He, he started a second career as a writer and he was working for a congressperson out of South, uh, Arizona. And he was standing about five feet away from her when she was shot. Was, she worked for Gabby Giffords. Oh! So he is a magnificent guy, but here's a guy raised in Southern Arizona, uh, re- kind of you know, a moderate Republican, worked for and worked for a Democrat for a year, and then worked for the uh, person who took her place after that tragedy. Um, great guy, and we can talk about and what's neat. I mean, he can talk about and accept and look at you know more than one idea at one time. Huh. There's a concept, and and say you know what the other side has good ideas too on some of these issues. And we're if you're coming to an issue with a, you know with with sincerity, then you're going to both have probably pretty good ideas. You decide which ones work, which ones don't. Um, it right. was just such a nice weekend. It was such a nice weekend to have to just hang out with someone who you know is not cuckoo for cocoa puffs. politically. Sure. It was just, <laughs> that's nice. Um, yeah, uh, no, it was. It really was, and he's just a special guy, and it was. It was great, and um, that was a that was a horrible day. Uh, yeah. We kind of lost touch with each other, and he had always. He's one of these guys. I hate to say this out loud and in public, but I'll say it because you know what the hell. Uh, but he he loves to go to the Indianapolis Five Hundred.
1: Okay. You know why, like, why is yeah. that bad to say out loud in the public?
6: Because I don't. Oh,
1: what's okay? <laughs> I, I both don't things care. are okay. <laughs>
6: No, but for years he would say, "Come on and join me. I ha- he always buys 10 tickets and says you know, b- tries to encourage people to come and join him. Um, and for years, I said, "No, I don't, I don't want to. Uh, hey, no, I've got you know Mark, I've got stuff going on." F- but after the, um, the attack on Congressman on Congresswoman Giff- uh, Gifford's eye, I, I thought, "Life is short. you don't know what's going to happen." Sure. So we went. Still didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear. Um, are you,
1: I, I've been to things where I walk around and I go, "Really? This is everyone makes a big deal out of this?" Okay, yeah. It's oh my god! The stands are packed. Everyone,
6: you can bring anything. Think about this, Patty. You can bring anything you want into the stands. Right. Hope, hope. So there are coolers. <laughs> so so Janine had these drunken rednecks sitting right behind her, dropping chicken bones into her hair. And trying to light a cigarette, which I, I wish I could. Oh, my gosh. Was, and so I came this club centimeters within catching my wife's hair on fire. Oh, dear. And, wow. And at the same time, you're wearing three pairs of ear protection here, and you can still her.
1: <laughs> Does it smell like, like burnt rubber and everything? And I've never been to a. a, a race, like cigarettes race. and chicken. <laughs> cigarettes <laughs> and chicken. <laughs> <laughs> See now, there's upscale version of that of with music at like Ravinia. I, I've been and I really like going to the. I like I, I. I'm so grateful for my friends who've invited me before, and I. I prefer going into the venue where you can sit down and have a proper seat and everything. But man, do people like. Bring in their entire dining room to Ravinia and like, and lay out tables. You see people with these like fancy wagons that turn into dining tables and candelabras. I saw candelabras one time. Like, oh yeah, oh my god! It's, so it's like a fancy <laughs> Indy five hundred. Like every you know few days in in Highland Park, it's crazy. It's, it's and like, people can do the same thing. They can bring whatever they want. It's wild. The
6: gold people had actually thrown Woodstock. This is what it would have been like. <laughs> <laughs> would, you know.
1: But I've seen Dolly. I, saw Dolly. I saw Dolly Parton. I've seen Indigo Girls. Norte, oh. I've seen a lot of really. Paul Simon. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, at least I like what the draw is. It's just the experience of the picnic part that I would just. I, I can't. I can't do. I'm not. I hate saying say I hate that girl. <laughs>
6: Did you did you go to the Millennium Park things cuz those were great?
1: Oh, I've I've never been. I, my our friend uh, Esmeralda would do that like the movies in the park and the symphonies and things like that they've done. Oh yeah, that. we
6: have we have like we have the old lady cart and um we we would and we actually have like folding chairs and we also have you know a table in a bag
1: patty. Oh dear.
6: In a bag. Fancy. And so we yeah, we so we laid out and yeah, we had charcuterie. Oh, we see. On this- cold cuts yes, you know, and just meats and wine. And it was a great night. But, it's very yeah. nice. Okay, I guess. I'm one of them. I'm
1: sorry. That's okay. No, no, no. Ravinia is intense. <laughs> Ravinia is very, very intense. I, like I said, are you are you allowed to put like little, I remember, I guess they had to outlaw it at Ravinia, which is like putting stakes in the ground and putting like a rope barrier around your area. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> I saw
6: that. Though. No, I, I, I've only been to Ravinia once. And this is how stupid your friend Scott is, just, just to... Just to, as if you need any illustrations other than my politics, um, mm. oh. <laughs> we went to Avinia and I decided. You know what'd be great? Let's drive.
1: <gasps> no, 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 no. Unless you have media parking. No, no, no. Don't do that. Do you take the train? We did not. Yes. we
6: we parked roughly. I think. Oh, I don't know. 26, 27 miles away mm-hmm. from the venue. That's how that works. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. And you know, we got there, and our friends are look at us, who frankly had not have not contacted us since. Oh. I'm not kidding. Because we showed up, and and we were, like, really late. We show up, and they go, what what happened? I go, we drove. And they look at us like, you live downtown. Are you insane?
1: Well, if you've never been, there's no way to explain. Even us talking about this, there's absolutely no way to explain the experience and all the stuff that goes into it. Unless you, once you do it the first time and do something wrong, like you did.
6: (laughs) It was so wrong. Oh, my God. I was, what a terrible, horrible, awful (sighs) mistake. I know. That's all right.
1: We are hanging out with Scott Santis. Uh, there's a listener who wants to, you know, let's take Jim's call right now. So I am not. I know he called earlier and I uh, wanted to talk about President Biden. Jim, how are you doing today?
7: Hi, Patty. Hi, Scott. Uh, the go. lead balloon story killed the job eye popping job numbers. And what it led to, the ads on Friday morning were just because they could, the Republicans read the ads more just like we do. Trump was one to nine to win the Republican nomination, and Biden was a four to one favorite against Trump. All right. So here's the point. They're bailing out at the big money, the big Republican money, bailing out at Trump as fast as they can, because they know he can't win under any circumstances. But the media's interest is to get Biden out of the race because of his age. And they're pounding that. You know, probably on Sunday talk shows or probably heard on the radio, but he should be out. He should be out, he's too old, he's too old, he's too old. Okay, now here's the point. Trump is no spring chicken either, right? He's no aren't, spring aren't chicken. Aren't they
1: similarly no. aged? They're about a year apart or yeah, something?
7: I think, yeah, they're I think about a years apart, Yeah. Right? So Trump is we not going to get out. There's no way Trump's going to get out. And Trump's ego and his lust for money <laughs> will keep him in the race regardless. He'll run as a third party, you'd sink the Republican Party anyway. But Biden... I just got my fingers crossed. I think he's going to announce by the 10th. He said after the State of the Union tomorrow, by the 10th, he'll give you the thumbs up or thumbs down on whether he's money or not. But I know the media is interested. They know that they're not going to make a lot of money in that election uh, because there won't, be, there won't be a lot of uh, eyes and ears on it, especially if it's a sure thing. But uh, I'm just hoping that Biden's help goes up, of course, and uh, he announces he's going to run because he's a showman. That's all I wanted to say. And okay. you guys have a great day. De-
1: no, no, no. I I think yeah. that uh, one. You're right about. I I think that the balloon story definitely needed to uh, help the Republicans d- distract from it, it, the jobs report. Yeah. yeah, the
7: jobs number because the jobs numbers I thought the experts the experts so called experts predicted 150 thousand jobs and they were five times the amount. Right. Yeah. And we you know they they beat the drum during the midterms for the economy. You know, this is all rehearsed. It's all rehearsed. But if they see an economy that is that is as robust as this one is going to be, uh, Biden's a shoe. it. I just hope he, uh, he, he grabs him by the lapels and gives him hell. Anyway, you guys have a good night. Thank you.
1: Take care. Thank you so much, Jim. Thanks, Jim. Um, by, by the way, back just for a moment before I go to the break. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, let's just. Well, I, I will just say that I know I had a listener. I think it was our our friend Dave who said that uh, um, there should be a limit on how old uh, you are to run for president. And I just. I don't. I, do you think so, Scott?
6: I think there should be an age limit overall for elected officials now. I mean, we had, um, I mean, how many congressmen or senators have we had in the last, say, five or seven years who were, you know, they're 100 years old, as if this is like great. And it's like, no, this really, this is bad representation. So, I, yeah, we can talk about it after the break. Okay. I, have a, I have an issue. All
1: right, let me, I tend let me, f- all right. Too old. All right, let's take a break here, and uh, we're gonna we'll cover that. And the best day to go to the Indy Motor Race is coming up after this from a listener with a little advice for you, Scott. In the event that you decide to take another swing at it, (laughs) more after after this on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal. We're hanging out with Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and Dallas Morning News. You can find all of his work at uh, you. There's a there's one place that's a landing spot for all your work as well, right, Scott?
6: Well, uh, not really. Go Comics and also go go to Chicago Tribune or DallasNews.com.
1: And download the app Center Clip. You can hear both of us and a a lot of other commentators, including Ted Raw. More after this on Heartland Signal.
3: Because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT 820.
1: Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from
3: the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time.
1: Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage I'm Express.
0: Patty Vasquez Park, for is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, now on WCPT 820.
1: We are hanging out on the air with Scott Stantis. I want to remind folks to make sure you text SWEETHEART to 773-763-9278 for your chance to win a $50 gift card from our friends at Brown Sugar Bakery. Thank you to our friends. Uh, They can ship nationwide. Their team is ready to go to send cupcakes or candies or cakes. uh, it's it's a fun time to just indulge a little bit. Uh, Scott joins me on the air, and Scott was talking about uh, a friend of his who absolutely loves the Indy five hundred, and uh, Scott finally decided to uh, oblige and, and join him at this friend's beloved event. And uh, it was just not quite what it was. What he it was all he had hoped it would be, which was he did not enjoy it. Uh, but George George says there there maybe there's a, uh, an alternative and a time to go. Hey George, what's on your mind? Okay.
8: Oh, hi Teddy. Thanks hey. for taking my call. Of um, course, I have thought for as long as I can remember that race day at Indianapolis is truly for the insane among us and nobody else. And I personally can't see the attraction of sitting in the hot sun for hours, watching cars going faster than you can comprehend. And... Not being able to figure out what's going on at all—just you meow, meow—and it's like not my—it's not my cup of tea. But a number of years ago, I went down to Indianapolis with some folks, and when there's no race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it's a very quiet place, <laughs> and you
0: can—yes, hard to imagine—you <laughs> okay,
8: can you can go in there and uh, see the place. Take a tour. There's a, a bus that takes you on a, a slow uh, circuit of the track, and there's a docent who explains everything to you about the facility and the history. And then there's also a pretty nifty museum wherein is displayed every single winning race car going back to the very first race. And yeah, that part's cool. Even if you're not into cars, it's fascinating. To look at at the old machines compared to the more recent ones and see the progression and the evolution in the technology, it's pretty amazing. You can have something to eat and go on your way, and you've spent a couple, three hours learning something about American sports culture and auto racing, at least open-wheel auto racing, without uh, losing your mind because somebody's trying to set your wife's hair on fire. Or throw in
1: it. I mean, see look at that <laughs> our listeners have solutions for you scott i love this
6: idea and, and george so, you're right the, muse- the, the I other, saw the, the museum, other thing right? if i could it cool. very quickly sure go ahead
8: uh, indiana is not my cup of tea indiana is um a state full of narrow-minded prejudiced people um you may or may not have heard of the news that there was a major hospital closure in Hammond, Indiana, about a month ago. The former St. Margaret's Hospital, yes, which has been I, there since
1: the 1890s. I, I did hear about this. Go ahead.
8: Yeah, and then became uh, taken over by a, a Franciscan health. Uh, they, I guess between the COVID and just the way finances are for running a hospital these days, they couldn't... Sustain the operations of the hospital, and informed the city and the state that they were going to shut down. There was a court case where a, a, a judge ordered them to stay open, and the appellate court reversed. They allowed the emergency room to stay open for a short time, and now it's all gone. How hmm. um, one of my cousins, who is a supervisory nurse at a major teaching hospital, told me that. Indiana makes Chicago-area healthcare people crazy because in the entire state of Indiana, between Indianapolis and Lake and Porter counties, there is no level one trauma center. Uh. The closest level one trauma center to northwest Indiana is in Indianapolis. So what is not commonly known is that Ambulances from Northwest Indiana hmm. are often heading up the Skyway and the Dan and/or the Dan Ryan or whatever route they choose to get to University of uh, Chicago Hospital Level One Trauma. And what that means from time to time is that they have to go on bypass because, uh, in addition to the shootings and stabbings and fires and whatever from the South Side, they're getting people from Indiana. So a lot of the um, level one incidents that require that kind of care have to make the long trip all the way out to Oklahoma to the Christ Hospital emergency room, (laughs) which is not around the corner. And people often die on the way because it's too far. And you would think that the uh, red Republican state of Indiana between the state government and the county governments and the city governments would be able to put together a funding package to build and operate a level one trauma care hospital in that part of the state so that we here in Illinois don't have to pick up their mess all the time. And, you know, this is just so typical. You know, Indiana is one of the states that gets more money back from the federal government and tax money than they send. And we here in Illinois are one of the states that send more than we get back.
6: So yeah, it, it
8: ain't no, it ain't right to be taken advantage of like that. Especially well, not just when not they're just, always not on just, their high horse talking about how superior they are in this way and the other. So
1: this is Scott, where
6: you and I are going to agree. Oh, I'm sorry. You uh, yes, yeah, Scott. I was just saying. Go ahead. This is where you and I are going to agree, and this is coming from someone who's pretty fiscally conservative, but the, 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 this willy-nilly, helter-skelter approach to budgeting, which is we just have to cut spending, cut spending, cut spending, cut spending. I live here in Alabama, and I can tell you that there are counties now, of course, poor counties filled with people of color uh, that don't have a hospital. I mean the entire yeah. county. I believe that's the number now is four to six, and that's nuts. And George, you're absolutely right. This is where you can say government has a legitimate uh, responsibility to provide this service, and but because you know Republicans' one note of cut, 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 without any. Rationality attached to it, uh, and so you get what, exactly what you're describing. And who picks up? And who picks up the slack? You know, and this in your and that area of the world, Chicago, and yeah. it ain't right. You're right.
1: Th- thank you so much, George. I appreciate the conversation. Have a, have a great night. And I, th- I think George wor- is working. <laughs> Take care, George. Let's. Uh, we've we've hit the the bottom of the hour, so we'll finish the. Uh, what else were we going to talk about, Scott? I was going to was going not do it on the air, but I totally forgot. We were to do the. Uh, Indie, and the second thing was I can't remember what we were going to talk about.
6: Wasn't it? Was it you?
1: Was it me? No, that, that that's for later. There was something else. Mm. I'm sure, someone will text me. You were going to talk about. Something else. All right. We're, taking, we're hanging out with Scott Santas, the <laughs> political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. I'm sure he'll come back to me. Uh, 773-763-9278 is a number to call and join our conversation and to text SWEETHEART for your chance to win a $50 gift card from Brown Sugar Bakery. They're ready to ship some wonderful treats nationwide. Uh, you can... Cupcakes or candies or wonderful cakes. Uh, send your sweetheart something wonderful. More after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Jonas Pazito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT Willow Springs is powered by ComEd. See how ComEd is preparing for a clean energy future at ComEd.com slash clean energy.
3: WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter.
0: You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820.
1: Maybe because I'm getting older, I forgot what it was I wanted to talk about when we came back. <laughs> so we wanted to talk about the uh, age of, uh, of le- electeds. And a few weeks ago, I think it was Dave uh, said that Dave from Hoffman Estate said that we should limit it at 70. And I don't know. I mean, that's that's the tricky part, right? What is the, the limit? Because everyone is different as they as we age. Uh, some people become are, are, are vigorous and, and still learning and still able to, uh, you know, with critical thought. And and contribute significantly and uh, and without any signs of slowing down, except for maybe physically and, um, you know, an appearance and things like that, or or maybe stumbling around for a word here or two, forgetting what you were going to talk about during a segment. But uh, but I, I mean, I just I don't know. I mean, I I would I would I would air towards 80, I think. Um, I mean, I just, I don't know. It's okay. it's, it's hard. I mean, you, you're talking about people with a lifetime of experience. Some of them, yes, have been there too long. You know, some people have been there for 40, 50 years. And, and that can be a challenge for folks. But if their constituents decide that they still want that to be their person, then that's their person. You know, that's their statesman. Um, you know, and, and the people I think of that I don't I didn't want there anymore were because they were racist conservatives like uh, Jesse, like Jesse, Thur- Jesse, Jesse. Um, Strom no, Thurmond and Jesse Rund. Held. Strom Thurmond and and wasn't Jesse Held also very elderly?
6: Oh yes, yes. I think he was elderly at birth, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. So uh, I mean, so that's you know, I don't know if it's because I just really despise their politics, um, but anyway.
6: No, I think I think you have. I think turnover is good in mm-hmm. politics. Uh, you know, I mean. Uh, looking at the potential race in 24, you got you're going to have two guys whose whose combined age is 160 years old. I mean, that's kind of that's uh, that seems to be beyond the pale. Um, but it, it, you're making the same argument that people make who are who oppose uh, term limits. You know, I mean, the, you have term limits; they're called elections. You can t- right. vote the people out if you think the person's too old. For some reason, this gets ensconced, and you get. People like you said, Strom Thurmond, who was over a hundred. I mean, it was decrepit and was hor- and was a horrible human being. You know, when he was young,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I mean it
6: truly, well, yeah, really. Well, no, yeah. no, come on. He was a Dixie cred. He ran nineteen forty eight. You know, to because you know he felt he felt the segregation laws were too warm and fuzzy. You know, I mean, this is a horrible person who should not have been. I mean, and so at the very least, you have some kind of governor in place that says, okay, you can't, you can only serve this long, and then you know Vamanos but um Uh, I I would seriously consider that. I'm not sure how you do it. Right. uh,
1: Because you're asking legislators to legislate the end of their own terms. They're not going to do that. They're not going to give themselves pay cuts. They're not going to change their own health care. They're not going to to put a limit on their terms. I mean, it's like the city of Chicago. I saw a piece where someone said that there's too many older people. Well, guess who gets to make that decision? The people who have the job of being the older people, they're not going to take their own jobs away. No elected is going to take their own job away. And and um, yeah, to say no,
6: I was going to say, and you're you're alderman or the, you know, the alderman up there in the forty fifth. Yes. Yeah, that's quite a guy.
1: Yeah. Oh, have you done more research on the uh, alderman Jim Gardner? it, it just keeps. Yeah, someone <laughs> brought up a
6: good point. Someone,
1: someone brought up a good point. In addition to everything else, and uh, and I just for me, what there were so many there was it was a cumulative thing, and I and part of it is that I had really tried from the very beginning to reach out because whatever your politics are or what what the stories that people had, fundamentally, he's the person that brings the resources into our community and I wanted to work with him. I would go to ward night and that bit me in the ass because the former alderman was like, you're sitting with the enemy. I'm like, he's the elected. I'm trying to get things done in this neighborhood. Uh, however, when he would do things like, there's a neighbor who, I get it, you don't like that he's aggressive online, I mean, aggressive I mean and like challenging people and arguing and completely very argumentative. But you when someone destroys property and threatens their lives, you stand up and say, this is not who we are as a community. This is not acceptable. I don't care if you're standing for me. It's it's not OK. But for I, and that was like I could see the madness there. And I reached out to him and I said and me and Tom, my friend who passed away sadly in October, we reached out to him and we and we urged him to get ahead of this. And we wanted to help him with like this could be a turning point for you. Turn this all around Get people This could be a moment A lightning rod moment For you And and he refused So I withdrew And, and things that he said About another neighbor About how he wouldn't help Unless he put his big boy pants on and came in and asked him himself, even though I was the one again, just um, please help these kids programs. But when you are jumping out of your car, now when you see it visibly, someone jump out of their car, running up to, um, going up to a grandmother with kids on the sidewalk and challenging, like, where are you from? And, you know, yelling at them. Oh, yeah, Scott, I'll send you the video of this one. This was, a, it was released a few weeks ago. It's from a while, uh, like, I think at the end of last year. That was it. I've had it. I've I, I just I've had it. And chances are it's a possibility that we're going to. Well, we definitely will have a runoff. He's He has, uh, you know, a lot of institutional support behind the, him. We've talked about how uh, once you're an incumbent, you have the power of the incumbency. Um, so I, I uh, I'm trying, but it's challenging uh, to try to, uh, to to help people. Run against an incumbent. I know. I know what needs to be done, and I can't. I can't get in and like tell people what to do. They've got to run their own races. I can do. I can contribute. I can volunteer. I can talk about it here. Susanna Ernst is. I've. I've. I've mentioned it before. She's the candidate that I'm helping out, uh, and and that's public because I, I contribute. So I, I, I'm not going to hide behind that. But here, that's this is my reason. One, she's worked for the community for years. I know that she's somebody that talks to everyone. She goes to the, the what's would be considered the conservative neighborhood groups. The, the progressive neighborhood groups. She works with everybody. I know her. I trust her. Uh, she's brought pro- projects to the community that have benefited everyone, so, can benefit everyone. So that's who I see. But uh, but there's so many things. Did you see our forum last week? I, you know, we had a forum. Yeah, yeah, oh, so you yes. know about that too? <laughs> I mean, the Aldermanic one. The, uh, when, oh, no, no, no. Oh, see. yeah. So someone, asked, they the question was, who would you vote for if you didn't vote for yourself? And uh, James Sa also came Candidate said, uh, the one that's not under investigation for by the FBI. And, and it was like, boom, mic drop. And uh, yeah, and then there were hecklers. Um, there was a heckler who maybe was escorted by a fed-up Latina in the back of the room. who was like, we're not doing that.
6: I love this story. I just love this story. <laughs> I really, I, I, I love you so much, but I love you more for that story. I just, it's just like it's, nobody moved. It's okay,
1: so I was telling this yesterday. I don't know if you know me, know this about me, Scott and listeners. Uh, I can't let something go if I feel it's wrong. I am, uh, and so nobody moved. This guy's like right in the middle. i and I was me and Jerry right next to him. And and God bless Jerry because Jerry had a flash of what it's like to be my husband. Uh, <laughs> You know, like There's that moment where you have to make a decision where you're like, I think she's got it. I'll watch her drink. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, I And I know, look, folks, I know, and people message me, please be careful and things like that. I get that. But I clearly made a choice. If it was going to be dangerous, then I had already made that choice. It was worth it. I had already because there were kids right in front of me between the ages of like maybe five and 12. And he was screaming. I don't know if he maybe he would have. But nobody else had made that choice to say we would like to be safe. We would like to be civil. And you need to get out. That's it. I mean, I'd already made that. choice. I, I waited a few seconds. I'm not someone who's big. I don't. I, I break easily. <laughs> but I mean, not emotionally. But um, but yeah, I, I had already made that choice, folks. So uh, nobody else moved. And by the way, I want to point out to my neighbors, there were cops and firefighters in that room and nobody else got up. No- oh, sorry. <clears throat>
6: To say. So finish the story for those of you unfamiliar with us, you stood <laughs> up, got in this guy's face and told him to leave. Yeah.
1: I said, I go, I go, I get it, we're done here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're done got it um and that's that was it and and like the look on his face like it was like the teacher had just told him to sit down like i i did feel a little bit weird about the look that he gave me but but the other thing was i felt like he was waiting for someone to throw him out because he started like i it looked as though he was like surely someone's going to throw me out and i was the same way i'm like really nobody nobody's going to and Jerry says, to be fair, he says he also had a drink in his hand. so maybe that's why the bar was open and everyone's like, eh, ah, someone'll someone'll take care of this guy. So it was, and then the uh, the block Club Chicago reported that security escorted him out and like, I wasn't gonna make a big deal. I know I was oh. gonna no, no, but I wasn't gonna make a big deal out of it. but when I saw it on Twitter, I was like, oh, hold up a second. so i I corrected the story and and Ariel from Block Club uh, thanked me for the correction um because oh, yeah good. Yeah. So that's that's how that went down. But please, folks, um, he, he wasn't even yelling while Gardner was speaking. And if that was his intention to disrupt that, he was disrupting the entire thing. Another candidate was trying to complete their answer to a question. Justin Kaufman did a great job of adding time back. Uh, security apparently only comes in if some because they're in the lobby. They stay in the lobby. Um, and I Yeah. And I just think it's. Which makes no sense. Zero but, sense. But so ahead of time, and, and Merrill Miller from the Jefferson Park Sunday Market said that going forward, when we do these events again, they'll have volunteers who are tasked with going to get security. Right. But the, for me, going to get security would actually mean going past that guy. So it didn't matter. Right. It was like something has to be done. He was in the door right next to me. So, yeah. Okay. None of that makes sense,
6: by the way. You know that, right? I mean, none of the security thing. <laughs> Where you need the security is that these are people who are you know being threatened and could be attacked potentially, and these guys are in the lobby doing what? I mean,
1: okay. Uh, well, there were um, protesters out front. They also were checking for weapons. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that was happening. Uh, we have a listener, uh, Scott, that wants to talk about, I believe, Harold Washington. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind?
9: Hey, Patty. No, I'm not on Harold Washington. Oh. I'm, uh, I was telling Lady B that on our local paper— Oh, the in
1: the Herald. Okay, yes.
9: A, yeah. Did uh, Did you happen to see the story about the picture of the eight representatives and the pack money that each one received from special interests?
1: Which, like, for what right What uh, What representatives? Illinois state well, federal? The,
9: yeah, yeah, all of them. Like the the one with the biggest one is Brad Schneider of the tenth. He gets one point four million. Next to be followed up by Bill Foster. 1.3 Wow And there's a There's a tie between Raja Krishnamurthy and Mike And Sean Caston Each getting 1.1 1. 1 million And Mike Quigley 751,250 And John Schakowsky 473,515 And <laughs> So, and one lady, I believe you know, Delia Ramirez. Right. So, is she this thirty-nine thousand five hundred forty-six? Okay.
1: So, what's the questionable nature about the PAC? Because it's not uncommon because they don't have a, a, a political action committee does not have limits on how much they can uh, they, that they can contribute to a campaign. Individuals have limits, but so is 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 this a nefarious group? Is it? Uh, I mean, um, Republicans do this all the time. Well, so I'm just they're
9: getting them from the. Unions, political groups, corporations, and other special interests. Right. And, you know, I was kind of found when you get, like, with the PACs and stuff like that, I mean, who are you going to be beholden to?
1: Oh, no oh, doubt about no it. Question. Oh, see, me and Scott are like, oh, yeah, 100 percent. You know? But, yeah, yeah, yeah,
9: yeah no. Because I know you talked about Delio Ramirez.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I think that Delia is going to fight for a lot of the issues. I think that she is going to, uh, in many ways, stay true to what brought her, has has taken her to Washington, D.C. Uh, I think that these are, are you know, I hope that she finds a way to make that balance of wanting to hold, you know, that that need to hold on to that office and do what she envisions uh her future being and not being beholding. The reason that incumbents have so much power, in part, is because these groups do pay them money to stay in office. You know, look, when I ran, um, I'll give you an example: it was charter schools. Uh, we did not even ha- we did not even fill out the questionnaire. We did not want to have anything to do with um, with having conversation. I was not interested in their money is what I'm saying. I was not interested in being beholding. doesn't mean that I wouldn't also want to represent the, the values and needs of people who do send their kids to charter schools because there are a lot. But I, I also, and here's the thing, part of it was I didn't want CTU to come in extra heavy either if they saw that I was a, a pro charter. Like there's a, there's these, these calculated moves that you have to make in order. And what they told me was that the incumbent had told them she would never have a conversation with them. But that's not enough for me to go, well, I mean, I'm going to have a conversation with with uh, uh, people as, uh, to an extent. I know there was somebody um, even before the, the pandemic, there was an anti-vax group that wanted to talk to me about vaccination injuries. And I'm like, I'm not going to get involved in this conversation. So I had limits to what I was going to. I was willing to. They wanted to meet with me. And I'm like, absolutely not. If you if everything else that I do rings true to you, then uh, I appreciate your support. Uh, if not, uh, that's about as far as I can take this. So I, I can't speak for every elected. I, I, and again, we'll. We'll never, we won't know because I'm not in office, but I, I know that there are people that have to make choices. Uh, I know, like, for example, there's a uh, Robert Martwick, who's the senator of my area. Um, a lot of folks talk about Nick Sposato in their community. They want someone who's a little more progressive, uh, honors and respects people who are LGBTQ plus, uh, supports women's reproductive health, things like that. And that's those are Martwick's values, all those progressive ideals. But his friend is Nick Sposato, who is in complete contrast to that. And, you know, Martwick gave him a thousand dollars to his campaign. So it's like because of the local to the fire union. So it's like, what? You know, <laughs> it's all these. Yeah. All these. There's never, I, you know, part of me is like, well, this is I, I, I'm pretty sure I would have only lasted one term because I would have told everyone to go stick it. <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, I
9: always kind of like when they remembered, I always wanted to try to keep facts out of the uh, sure. campaigns and stuff and that and. Hey, if you want, I can cut the article out and I'll
1: send it to you. Cause it's oh no, I, down, I know, scrolled through. Uh, there's another one too about oh. President Harmon and uh, the Supreme Court uh, funding for uh, for our our candidates that we supported. Uh, but mm-hmm. but there also comes a balance of like the you know. How how often do Democrats have to lie down and let Republicans run the table because they're willing to take money from everyone and anyone and throw all of their every sort of human element of logic and reasonableness out the window because they want to hold on to that seat? Uh, we have to find a way to compete. And unfortunately, this is part of it.
9: Yeah, that's just it. I mean, you don't necessarily get the best and the brightest. It's just whoever got the d- biggest pockets and uh, hmm. you know got the most cash, you know. and uh, Right. And
1: yeah, you know, you know, I've stressed this over and over again. I know the candidates hate having to raise money, but it's very, very challenging to get it done otherwise.
9: Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. that's how yeah. it's turned into, you know, yep. because they get in like talking about they if they were only going to get two terms or something that the second one, they're, they're going to be just the first half of it, you know, in their first term, you know, uh, campaigning. Yeah. You know, for like two
1: years. Oh, yeah. AOC talks about that. Four hours a day on the phone trying to raise money.
9: Yeah, I remember they showed yeah. something like that on Sixty Minutes a few years back
1: too. On this guy, yeah, so, man, I tell candidates you mentioned you got to do two hours uh, a day. You got to be on the phone two hours a day, be on the doors yeah. because we're local races. You know, six hours a day. My day was in front of the train stations from six o'clock till nine thirty. Uh, went took a break ten to noon, maybe two, you know two hours on the phones calling for contributions, and then on the doors until people told me to, to stop ringing the bells about eight o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Um also I also I was the skinniest I've been in since I was in high school.
9: <laughs> Go ahead. What was that? Mentioned about like, you know, with the age limit and that then. Yes. Guy, he's never mentioned that he he wants the job but he would be a perfect fit is uh, the new governor of Maryland, Wes Moore.
3: Okay.
9: He's got every he's got every box checked. He's, gotcha. a, you know, he's a Rhodes Scholar. He's a combat veteran. You know, officer that led troops.
1: I I don't know very much about him. I've got to run to a break. though. Okay. Thank you so much, Dave. Right. Ha- have, have a good one. Pass. Thank, thank Thanks, you. Thank you. All right, you too. Be well. Thanks. I got to take a break here. I also want to remind folks to text sweetheart two seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. That's the number to call or text, but to win a to get a chance to win a fifty dollars gift card, uh, you can text. Uh, 773-763-9278. That's a $50 gift card to Brown Sugar Bakery. And they are ready to take your orders for the valentine's day celebration more with scott stantis the political cartoonist for the chicago tribune and dallas morning news and uh also one of the contributors to center clip you can download that app and listen to us do little mini ta- hot takes throughout the week and um, i'm proud to be a part of the team and uh, see how it goes yeah. yay and when we come back let's talk boobs more in a moment on wc <laughs> no one knows what i'm talking about and comedy boobs and comedy it's been a long career more in a moment
3: this is WCPT 820, where facts
0: matter. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820.
1: kinda kind of, kind of uh, quite the tease, wasn't it? I, uh, I was we uh, said we'll talk boobs when we come back. Uh, I've I've mentioned it before on the show, so it's not too much of a uh, but I saw a picture of myself last night and I was reminded, please dear God. I uh I while I have gained some weight during the pandemic, um I am my breast size is just is thirty-four K, which you have, you need three hands to get to my letter A B C D E F G, and it's it's crazy. It's partly because of menopause, but also um, I've been I I, when I was 13 years old, I was 110 pounds in a size D cup. So this is not uh, like a late onset thing. I I was a triple D by the time I was in college, Uh, and then since kids, I was uh, anywhere between an F and a G, and now I'm a K. So it was it was it's partly weight, but even when I mentioned that I got very skinny during the campaign. I was still uh, an F. So, Scott, as it turns out, your wife benefited greatly, tremendously, from uh, breast reduction surgery.
6: Right. We uh, really we we got uh, when we got married. uh, The first year, I got a job that had insurance and that covered it. And. They didn't give us a whole rash of crap. I mean, she still had to go through some hoops. But I understand you and I have been talking about this for years because the the crap you have to deal with is beyond the pale. I mean, it's just crazy.
1: Yeah. Last year, it was the amount they, they contended, Aetna contended that the amount they were going to remove would not would not have a positive impact on my life. And it was basically like 600 cc's uh, For me Because the doctor said He he would take me down to a a, a B cup And he's like I can't go. I mean like he goes Essentially if I do more than that I think it was a thousand I can't remember But he said uh, It would essentially be A double mastectomy And and, like It would would be ridiculous to take more And they shouldn't be Determining how much So I switched insurance companies So we got Yeah Hold on We got a uh, We got our uh, Our response The denial For the surgery And The Said the, the doctor did not document whether he had recommended that I use a better bra <laughs> and or <yeah>. What <laughs> Are you kidding me? A weight distributing yeah, bra. <laughs> no, no, no. It gets better. Or oh, a Lord. medical cream that would alleviate my ah. rashes. I don't have rashes. I have indentations in my shoulders. Uh, and so they so lotions and bra. Like, hey, uh, you try. Uh, maybe you want to try something with uh, maybe an underwire or something. I don't know. Maybe something with a little elastic on it. Maybe that will help with your uh, numbness in your hands that you're experiencing. No, yeah. and,
6: and people think that this is not that big a deal. It's a massive deal, yeah. Was having, my wife was having back issues? It was going to just get worse. Yep. Um, oh, it's t- excruciating.
1: I I, but I and we have to leave on that note. Unfortunately, <laughs> oh, Scott. Okay. Well. I know. I, I thought I had enough time, but I do not because the next show has to come and take over. So, Scott, where can folks find your great work? Go to gocomics.com
6: slash Scott Stantis to see my national work. Go to gocomics.com slash prickly cities to see my comic strip. You can go to chicagotribune.com and go to the opinion section and see my uh, uh, Chicago cartoons. You can go to Dallas News and see the Dallas-centric uh, cartoons I do for them. And go to Center Club and see Patty and I.
1: Excellent, Scott. I'll talk to you next week Well, hopefully whiskey and cookie. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Good night, everybody. Devil's Advocates uh-huh. next. Thank you, Lady B. Have a great evening.